So if you believe men don't want relationships and all they want is casual, then you're going to spend your time um, continuing to date the people who are showing those red flags and also trying to manipulate, trick, convince, change them into being who you want them to be because you don't believe there's somebody out there that just values the same things you do from the very get-go. Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. All right, I am very, very excited for this episode. This is something I'm very passionate about. So really quickly before we start, if you are in a long-term relationship, if you are married, just kindly excuse yourself. This one is not for you. (laughs) This one is for the single people because I don't think that singles get a whole lot of quality attention and care and education around creating long-lasting relationships. Like if you have looked on the dating coaching space or Instagram or anything like that, so often people talk around dating as a game, as a a way to do this, get that, or as this self-centered thing where it's like, I'm perfect, everyone else is a narcissist, everyone else is a red flag. It's honestly just very loud and noisy, but in the middle of all that space, we have the beautiful and lovely and kind Amber, who is a dating coach, and she's here on this podcast episode with me to talk about anxious attachment and how to manage it when it shows up and kind of has you feeling like you're on fire when you're dating someone new, what to do with it, and how to move from dating to exclusive. I have been definitely wanting to create more and more awesome stuff for single people who are dating, and there's some fun stuff coming out this year that I'll tell you a little bit more about at the end of the episode. So without further ado, let's do it. So please let the people know who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. Yeah. So my name is Amber Grubenman. I have a podcast called Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. It's been running for about 200 episodes now, so a few years. I help women go from dating to exclusive, and I help them intentionally create an exclusive container with somebody that they're dating that they really enjoy and appreciate. And also I help them go through that process with a lot less anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. So helping them enjoy the process more and not feel like their stomach is flipping the entire time. And I like that you say that too, because why do you feel like there's so much anxiety around dating right now? Hmm. I think it's different for different people. Um, One huge theme definitely with my clients and probably what draws a lot of people to me is what I have in common with them, which is an anxious attachment style. So a lot of people have an anxious attachment style in general, which just means that you're more highly attuned and sensitive to the behaviors of your partner and to dynamic shifts in a relationship. So when you start to feel a shift in the connection 
especially if you perceive that shift to be negative, you'll feel extra anxious. Um, and then I think the other thing just in general with people is that they don't know how to create that exclusive container. So a lot of people find themselves in dating situations that are somehow crossing their boundaries or not aligned with what they want, but they're going with it anyways. And they don't yet have the awareness that that's why they're feeling anxious. So for example, let's say you're in a casual connection, but you actually really have feelings for this person and you're sleeping together. And then you have so much uncertainty, like, are they sleeping with other people? Do they really care about me? Do they like me? Um, is our connection strong? And so that situation that you're in will create a lot of anxiety as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was like, <laughs> yeah, that adds up. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that you said aware too, because I don't think a lot of people are aware of it. The languaging often goes towards something's wrong with me. I'm the reason I need to be more chill um, because correct me if I'm wrong, because you're, you're kind of the expert in this side of things, but I think in the dating sphere, you might have an avoidant partner who is projecting a lot of their avoidance onto the other as what should be norm. Like you should relax. It's fine if I'm doing X, Y, Z, and that might be fine for them. But the problem is where you're starting to make someone else feel like they're crazy for having different standards. Yeah, exactly. And um, I actually just created a 40 minute long podcast episode, which is unusual for me. They're usually much shorter, but it was called How to Support Your Anxious Partner. And it's I recorded an audio for the partners of people who are anxious. Um, did that make sense? So yeah. if you're anxious, give it to your boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> and that is so helpful yeah so just kind of explaining everything that goes like why that anxious person is thinking that way and why they feel that way and how to be receptive towards those needs mm. um as even though the emotions can be really overwhelming it's pretty simple to actually address it when you yeah. have two empathetic caring people in the relationship yeah, there's a lot of ladies out there. And this is not just a female thing. There are gentlemen who have anxious attachment styles as well. But I think there's a lot of ladies who they really are awesome. They would make great partners. They know that. But the anxiety kind of comes in and just flares everything up to 135%. And so if you can have a partner who can start to match and will not match the energy, but be very anchored in that moment, you can get to the good part of the relationship. You don't have to just throw the relationship away. Yes. And so I would actually love to give an example of this since I know that you love the personal examples on this podcast. <laughs> um, so a different form of anxiety, for example, is jealousy. And that's something that has always come up for me in relationships. And and I had very different experiences in different relationships with some partners being really triggered by it. Like, even if I had like a hint of being slightly uncomfortable about something, they were like, oh my gosh, you're not allowed to feel jealous. Why am I being accused? And then um, I had a partner who handled the jealousy in such an amazing way that it was actually very healing for me. And 
going forward, I didn't have as much shame around it or fear around it coming up in the next relationship. So when I felt jealous in that relationship, I would share it with him. And he thought it was really funny. And that was really helpful for me because he had this attitude of playfulness and lightness and it's not a big deal. It's just an emotion and it's cute and let's talk about it and I can reassure you. And that just instantly always diffused the situation. And for me, especially coming from those past relationships with so much shame around the jealousy, um, I had so much fear about sharing that emotion in that relationship. I was really scared to say something bothered me or that I was uncomfortable. So to have him repeatedly just have that reaction was really helpful for me. Um, And the other thing that he did that was very attentive and helpful for my specific needs was he was very transparent. So he didn't avoid the discomfort that it might cause for me um, to, to be honest with me. And so even if something, even if he thought somebody might be hitting on him (laughs) in his life, he would just let me know. He would say like, Hey, I don't know what's going on here, but I did just want to let you know, this person's kind of sending me these signals, but I might be reading it wrong, but I just want you to want to let you know about that situation. And it would make me uncomfortable, but the fact that I knew he would tell me these things unprompted created so much trust for me that I was never actually wondering anymore. I wasn't like, is something going on? Is there, what situations is he finding himself in? Because even if there were really awkward situations that would make me uncomfortable, he would tell me without me asking. So that's just an example of like how it's so much easier to just care about the person and their needs and not be like that's on you you feel jealous like that's your own problem like that Mm would have made it so much more difficult for both of us and instead with his empathy and kindness and honesty it was much easier to handle so yes three thousand percent and we were talking a little bit before we started recording of how our work is on um, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum where on my end seeing couples on the other side of commitment for years and where that avoidance can show up and really just polarize them even more. Um, and also reflecting on what you just said with the laughing, that that's laughter, not in the sense of making fun of you or yeah. making light of what your experience was, but just kind of joining you in that moment and giving you modeling that it's okay. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah which I know yeah, it's just playful. <laughs> yeah. For some people, they get frustrated when their partners use laughter as um, a mm-hmm. weapon. Yeah. It was definitely, or, or I guess I shouldn't say laughter. It was like, that was actually not the right word. It's more like a smile. Yeah. Like you're so sweet. <laughs> Come here. You're, you're freaking out and it's okay. And you're adorable. That yeah. kind of thing. Kind of like when, if you've ever seen, if you have nieces or nephews and like a little baby's crying and it's over something yeah. that's like, it's okay, bud. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think if somebody's laughing or even just 
amused at what you're sharing, but then not addressing it. That's a different story. Like he would smile and think it's sweet. And then we would talk about it and he'd be like, do you need to look through my phone? (laughs) Right. So not like dismissing it and not meeting the need, um, but just approaching the whole conversation with that air of playfulness and it's okay and you're sweet and I still love you. Yes. Okay. So now someone's listening and they're like, where do you find one of those? Because (laughs) if you're an adult and you are dating, you have likely, unless you've never dated until you were like 30 years old, you've likely experienced being burnt Mm -hmm. by a lot of folks. You probably have experienced your attachment style being um, exacerbated by the partners you're dating and repeatedly dating folks that are avoidant or just unaware of how they're affecting you or want a completely different relationship than you. Can you talk to those ladies? Yeah. So I think, um, well, first of all, I should add that that was a past relationship that did not work out that part of the relationship was really wonderful, but there were some things that did not match between us. Um, And I think making emotional attunement your first standard and goal or outcome that you're looking for with a partner is the most important thing. So you can see so many little signals right from the very beginning. Are they consistent? Or do they keep me on edge? Um, when I show emotions, how do they react to it? How do they talk about their friends? How do they talk about their own emotions? How do they talk about other people? Are they gossiping? Do they have a value of kindness? Like the truth is in retrospect, we can often see many signals of people's emotional availability, maturity, um, capability to be consistently emotionally connected to us. Um, And with that being said, in terms of like seeing it in retrospect, sometimes that's what we have to do, right? Like it's okay to learn things in retrospect. That's actually mostly how we learn things in life. So don't be upset with yourself if you look back at a relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, on the second date, he told me he had commitment issues and I thought I could fix him. (laughs) And, you know, that's okay. We sometimes have to date that person and experience the whole process of dating that person to actually let that lesson sink in. Um, Yeah, been there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you'll have like friends or family telling you, hey, I really don't think this is your best bet. And you're just so sure, like, you don't know him. We have all these big moments and blah, blah, blah. We're going to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even the complexity of what you were just saying, you gave an example about a past partner that has added to your life, that has mm-hmm. been restorative and reparative and healing for you. And still, it's okay for that relationship to not have been compatible overall or for the long run. Yeah. I don't know how it played out for you. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was mixed with this person. Like there were so many good parts and so many things that were restorative and just like the, um, the experience I had of myself in so many ways was new with that person. Um, and then we also had a lot of differences with our outlook on relationships and the role that relationships have in our life in general, 
priorities, that kind of thing. Yes. Oh, expectations are okay. So let's, let's go to that exclusive container. Cause you said your thing is dating to exclusive. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the two <laughs> in between <laughs> those. If someone's listening to you and they hear emotional attunement, that sounds great. Sign me up. But mm-hmm. the guys I keep dating don't seem to want that. Why am I attracting those guys? Or why does this keep happening to me? Help them out. Yeah. Okay. So the first myth there is that you attract certain people. Um, everybody attracts everybody. Like, the, you know, the guy who tells you on the second date or first date, I have severe commitment issues. That's a real story from my life. Yeah. So that's like, <laughs> yeah. And um, so your power really comes from, um, okay, well, let's start with the action. Going on dates seeing those early signals of emotional attunement as part of what you're looking for and not refusing to continue giving your time and energy to anybody who is not meeting that criteria or has those red flags from the beginning. But that's really easier said than done. You have to start with the belief that it's even possible, right? Because if you on some level think, one, I don't deserve that, or there aren't enough people out there with that. So I'll be looking forever. Um, It's not possible for me to maintain that, or I'm not good enough for it. Then you will naturally stick with the people who are not showing up that way. So if you believe men don't want relationships and all they want is casual, then you're going to spend your time um, continuing to date the people who are showing those red flags and also trying to manipulate, trick, convince, change them into being who you want them to be because you don't believe there's somebody out there that just values the same things you do from the very get-go. If we were being honest, I think those of us who have anxious attachment styles, or maybe this is just humans in general, we do use that manipulation and control tool quite a bit. And I really encourage just like be honest with yourself. If you are in a place where you're saying, I saw that red flag and I'm choosing to ignore it, then you need to say that because Mm -hmm. I'm just not a fan of that mindset of, well, I didn't know, or I thought it could be this, or you're just doing Mm -hmm. so many mental gymnastics, just call it for what it is. I would like to play this out and I see the red flag, you know? Yes. I think that's so important. Um, another episode of the podcast was hatred of men (laughs) was the title (laughs) very intense tell me more (laughs) uh so it was about a pattern that I saw with a lot of women where we're blaming men for our experience of dating and our experience of the relationship which is really disempowering because you're not noticing and paying attention to and owning where you showed up for certain kinds of behavior, right? So if you are really angry with somebody for mistreating you for six months, then you have to ask yourself, why, what was, what was my mindset around month one that had me continuing in this connection, right? Because it usually wasn't like, oh my gosh, I found out at the six month mark that this person was not good for me. It was more like, every single week something felt really bad and really wrong and I kept showing up for the next week. 
So it is so important to take responsibility and it's difficult, but it's also much more helpful going forward. And it helps you with that skill of letting go of those wrong guys early on. Absolutely. And if someone's listening to this podcast, I'm assuming they're already a person who is um, trying to grow, trying to learn, wants to expand. And so I think there's also an element of going back to what you said about beliefs, believing I can, I can trust that what I want and need is good and okay. And mm-hmm. so the anxiety that comes up with what if I'm wrong and I need to change and I need to change them. And I, if you can really get into a place where you're anchored of, um, I want an exclusive committed relationship. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. And I can't be moved or changing myself into wanting something different because it's okay that I want that. Like, I think that does everything. Mm, Yeah. And that's a really important thing as well is that mindset that it's normal and okay (laughs) to want that. And um, I had a friend who told me like, she's dating my guy friend now. And she was like, yeah, one thing that I always struggled with when I was single was I was always in like casual connections or not in the quality of relationship that I wanted because I was so scared of being the crazy girl who wants commitment and that she had a lot of guy friends around her who would um, share that idea and reinforce that idea of like, oh, this girl's so crazy. She wants commitment. She wants to be exclusive and I'm not ready for that and that kind of thing. So she was really not owning her desire of like, but I secretly also want that. (laughs) And um, it wasn't until like her relationship with my guy friend now that she was really able to own that and speak up on it. And um, it's working out really well for them and now they're living together. And I think it's also sexy and confident to be able to own that and articulate it at the right time with that person. So all of this being said, don't go on the first date. Like I'm looking for an exclusive committed <laughs> relationship. Are you emotionally available Available or what? Like, are you going to do this or what? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that at the right time. So again, yeah. <laughs> we're on these, we're on this end of the spectrum where my side of fully seen, fully known, fully loved and intimacy, you can't really put all that on a first or second date. Mm-hmm. So the movement towards intimacy, the movement towards embodying and owning what you want and communicating needs, where do you see that progression happening within the dating side of relationship, like pre-exclusive? Yeah. So the first thing is um, just in general for the ratio of how we want to experience dates is it, I don't want to use the word should but just a frame of reference is 80% fun and 20% depth, right? So on the first date, don't feel like, okay, let's dig into past relationships and trauma and deep conversations about life and where we're headed and goals, like have fun, like joke around and talk about anything and everything. And then sprinkle in a few questions about um, that person on a deeper level. So just to see like, can they roll with me there as well? Um, And so there should be like a natural progression to vulnerability and intimacy and depth. And, but we also need other contexts of just who this person is in the world in a lighter sense. Um, Then in terms of figuring out what this person is available for, 
what we want to look for is how they show up. So um, if you are feeling confused and then hopeful, and then they text you and you're relieved, and then you're confused again, but you're like hoping it'll happen. And then they text you and you're relieved and you're in that cycle and they're super inconsistent and you never really know, like, is there a next date? Do they really like me? And then you're surprised that there is a next date. If there's just so much confusion, that's usually a signal of like, this person isn't investing at the level that they need to, to help this little plant between us grow. Um, So you can ask people, do you want a relationship? Are you open to a relationship? And they could say anything, but the most important thing is, do they text you the next day? Right? Like how are they showing up with their Mm -hmm. actions? And do you feel some sense of like fundamentally just feeling secure in they like me and I like them back and we're going to see each other again sometime this week. Yeah. And if you're constantly feeling unsure about that side of things after the first and second date, that's usually a starting signal of like this person isn't really investing in the way that they need to actually, to actually help something grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, I forget how you just said it, but um, I'm thinking of investing in terms of like in the beginning stages, maybe you invest a dollar or $2 or $5. Mm. And as it grows, then let's, let's see what $20 feels like um, versus going all in with, well, I put $50 in this relationship. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. actual money y'all, but (laughs) I put like 50 emotional dollars into this relationship and you're not matching me. So F you and all men are trying, you know, not that, but just looking at these little small moments, because if someone's able to show up for small moments with you, now you can start to build actual trust versus Mm -hmm. um, I think I don't want to call it fake, but I do think anyone can say anything. Yes. Yeah. And what you mentioned to you about actual trust in the small moments um, is there, I was just talking to a client recently who was in one of those connections where it feels amazing when they're together and it feels awful when they're apart because she'll text him and he's not responding for 24 hours and mm. that kind of thing. So not she, he's meeting her in the big ways. Right. Like if it's her birthday, he's writing a card and the gift and all of that. And if he has a free weekend, they're hanging out in the weekend. But then in all of the little in-between ways, which is the glue really of that connection, he's not really able to show up right now. And um, we were talking about how when, like when you go on dates, it shouldn't feel like CPR on the relationship. Like, oh oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Like imagine like the whole week felt awful. You were anxious, you were confused, and then you were relieved when he occasionally texted you, but you were unsure. And then you hang out on the weekend and it's so amazing that it revives everything instead of it just being this like slow trickle of things feeling relatively good on a daily basis, which is the real trust I think that you're kind of alluding to. Absolutely. And I am wondering how many ladies are listening and like, oh no, (laughs) because the real trust part, if you're used to that 
big gap between I haven't heard from them. When are they going to text me? Okay. They texted me. Everything's okay. Oh no, I haven't heard from them. And then you go on a date and it's awesome. And then you don't, if you're used to that back and forth, then you start to date someone who is kind of even keeled, kind of like a really peaceful river. It almost feels, I don't know if boring's the word, but it can, it can be confusing maybe at first. Wait, do they really like me then? So what would you say to that lady? Yeah. So I think that's a classic lesson I learned in retrospect (laughs) and not in the moment um, of like, oh, that's what it feels like when somebody is really just there for you. And um, yeah, I think so one of the tools that I share with clients to kind of tune in and see what this connection is made of is the five elements. Um, So the five elements are friendship, connection, physical attraction, respect, a growth mindset, and similar values and vision. And so those are the things that we want to pay attention to as we're dating somebody. And with each of those elements, we feel into it. So how does it feel in terms of the friendship? Is it A plus? Is it just passing? Is it failing? Um, Is it super easy to talk to this person? Could I talk to them like for hours? Are we having fun? Is it easy? Am I attracted to this person? Am I drawn to them? Do I feel like they're meeting me halfway? That's the respect element. Like, are we showing, am I putting a dollar? They're putting a dollar and putting a dollar, dollar. Um, Do they generally have a growth mindset in life or are they a complainer and a blamer and not really having goals or dreams or anything like that for their future. And lastly, are we on the same page ultimately about our future? Like, does this person want kids? Do they want to get married? Are they staying in this location? That kind of stuff. So those are like, there are so many things that can get confusing in the early stages of dating. Like, do they like me? And what does this behavior mean? And they don't like snowboarding, but I'm really into snowboarding. Is that important? All of those kinds of things. And I always try to like wrangle my clients back to the five elements. Are you having fun? Are you attracted? Are they showing up? Are there any deal breakers? Are they a growth-minded person? And so it can take a little uh, while sometimes to really find that person who has all of those elements But the important piece is if any of those are missing, you can't really see a relationship thrive, right? Like what's a relationship without attraction? What's a relationship without friendship? What's a relationship without two people being willing to grow and learn? Two people headed in a different direction, one person showing up and the other not. Um, So those are the fundamental things that we want to look for and feel into in the beginning And then even if it feels like more calm than you're used to, and that feels uncomfortable, but you're noticing those five elements are there, stick with it, explore it. If there's something there, continue to explore it with that person. Yes. And I think I've heard you say, correct me if I'm wrong, it can help to save sex for exclusive side of things so that you have a little bit more clarity to be able to pick up on all of this stuff. Yes. So that's probably my most controversial opinion. 
And I do really, I, I'm glad that we can talk about this because I want to clarify a few things about that. So the first is sex is not about uh, male versus female or power dynamic of like withholding something or um, shame around sexuality in general. And I definitely encourage clients to have a casual connection if they feel that they can emotionally do that with that person and they don't see a relationship potential with that person. If there's somebody that you potentially could see yourself being in a relationship with, then it's usually the best protocol to wait until you're exclusive. And there are a few reasons for that. Um, One is exclusivity creates an emotional container around the sex and it gives it a different meaning between the two of you. So even just think of the terminology of casual sex if you're not looking for a casual relationship, don't do anything that feels casual <laughs> in that relationship, including the sex, sex part of it, which is a very intimate and important part of the relationship. So if you're wanting to head on a different path, take a different path that doesn't feel casual, that isn't casual. And um, it's kind of like sex is sex. Sex is the biology of whatever we do when we're having sex at the foundational level. But the way that it feels between two people depends on the context that they create around that experience. So imagine if I gave you a piece of paper and it had a drawing on it and I just threw it on your desk and I was like, hey, check out this cool drawing I made I did it yesterday. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, cool. And eventually it would kind of make it to your trash can. Mm-hmm. If I was like, I gave you an invitation and it had silver writing on it. And it said, welcome to Amber's art gallery, Saturday at 4 PM. It's a gala dress up. And my, that same piece of paper was on a wall behind velvet red rope <laughs> You would see that thing differently. You would experience it differently, but it's the same thing, right? And so our sexual experiences with people are that way as well, where depending on the context that we create, and by context, I mean the exclusivity container, the emotional relationship that we build before we choose to have sex with somebody, that all influences what that experience will be like for us. And then also just on a practical level, waiting till you're exclusive means you take out a lot of um, pitfalls in a relationship, like wondering if they're sleeping with other people, health concerns, um, and also just feeling safer with that person when you're having sex. So that's like, I, I'm glad that you gave me the time <laughs> to explain all of that, because um, I think a lot of other dating advice out there is just about the like shame and patriarchy kind of thing around it. And I think it's really important to clarify the difference between that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I love the multi-dimensionality of that. And a lot of people who listen to my podcast have experienced purity culture, which do you know what purity culture is? Oh, I grew up Christian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So a lot of yeah. people have experienced purity culture and coming out of that are at many different places with what sex means to them. And so going back to the shared values, it's 
finding someone who has a similar view of what value and place sexual connection holds within a relationship. And so if you're someone who does want to wait for marriage and that's the container that you have for that, finding a partner who can match you there versus um, letting anxious attachment maybe take over and say, well, I'll just like lower it for this person Mm -hmm. to get them is not going to work. Similar to if you want to save it for exclusivity, I know there's lots of people who would say that's a deal breaker for them. They Mm want to try sex before getting exclusive. And so it's just matching dollar for dollar, right? It's finding someone who has a similar view or can get on board with your view as well. Yeah. And one thing about that too is um, in terms of saving it for exclusivity is I would never advise someone to inform the person of when they're going to have sex with them. So like in the dating process, I would never say to somebody, we're not having sex until we're exclusive um, because I don't want to create an expectation in their mind. Maybe we're exclusive and I still want to wait two weeks because I'm not ready yet. Oh, that's good. Or, and I also don't want to create this um, exchange around sex of like, you want to be exclusive with me, excuse me, you want to be exclusive with me so that we can have sex. Um, It's more like we want to just date each other to continue exploring this connection. And then we have sex when we're ready. Like, and when I share that I'm ready. So I don't want to create that expectation or a timeline around when the person should be like anticipating it from me because that might not be true in the moment when I'm with that person. That is very powerful. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of a past, past dating relationship where that came up. And how did that sound? The conversation came up and his question was, well, like, when then can we have sex? Is it two weeks? Is it a couple months? Is it? Like that question feels a little bit weird, but it's also a pretty common question where when people are talking around this, it feels like a bartering system almost. Yes. And I do understand like there's a difference between like if you're somebody who knows that you're waiting till marriage, that's probably important information for somebody to know and be on the same page around. Um, But if you're just like, yeah, I just want to feel like comfortable with this person first. I want to build up to it. I maybe want to explore other sexual things with this person before we have the full like sexual experience with each other. Um, then it's okay to not have an exact timeline that you're giving that person. And it, you can just like, I had a guy once ask me, how do you approach sex? Like, he was like, I don't want to like, here we are laying down horizontally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's like, what's okay. Like, do you want me to just go for it? Do you want me to yeah. like hold back? What do you need from me? And I appreciated that question because it helped us clarify some things like, I wasn't ready right then. Um, I don't want to sleep with multiple people, that kind of thing. And, um, but I wasn't sure yet. I didn't know this person. Well, I don't even know if we're going to have sex. So I don't want to put an expectation in his mind of like, this is when we're going to do it because maybe I don't like you (laughs) in three weeks. So yeah, yeah, we don't want to put that expectation in somebody's mind. And you said something in there too, which may kind of broaden this out of just sex, but I don't know this person. 
I think that would be so helpful for ladies to remember and guys, everyone to remember when you are dating someone, you do not know this person. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we kind of date to fill the face in our, you know, dream scenario of me plus partner. Um, how do you help ladies shift their perspective around that? Not just dating to fill the exclusive checkbox but dating to get to know someone who would be worth being exclusive with yeah I think that really is coming back to the five elements as well because like you said exclusive checklist and I think that goes into um, what a lot of women have which is just their checklist in general which is how tall he is and his job and his background and things that maybe are important but not really if the five elements are missing, right? So coming back to the five elements and how each of those things feels is so important as we're dating somebody and considering sleeping with them as well. All of the above. Yeah. Yay. So if someone's listening right now and they feel like this is right on par with what they need, um, they're not sure how to do any of these things or they just need some support, you offer coaching, but a lot of people don't know what coaching is or what that looks like. So what is your program like? Yeah. So I have a four month coaching program called from dating to exclusive without playing games. So this is a hybrid program between group coaching and one-on-one sessions. So we have weekly group calls with a small group of women, and we go through a curriculum to learn these new principles around dating that help you approach it with so much less anxiety and also create that exclusive connection and container. And then we also have uh, one-on-one sessions together to just make sure that you're on track with everything. You can ask any questions and get more individual coaching in addition to the group sessions. Um, And then there's also an online program that goes with it, a workbook. So it's like a condensed dating program because nobody ever taught us any of this. So um, yeah, if you want to learn more, you can, first of all, definitely listen to the podcast first, Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. Make sure that you resonate with the things that I share. Make sure that it is a good fit with our energy. And then you can apply for the program when it's open. Uh, So next time it's open is February 2022 and then four months after that. Awesome. Are the ladies in your program, do they come in single? Do they come in actively dating? Do they come in where they have someone they are dating? What does that look like? Um, Any of those are fine. (laughs) So all of the above, mostly either completely single and not dating or single and actively dating. Um, And we have a few women who join each round who are in an early connection or in a relationship where they're experiencing a lot of anxiety and they want support with that. So that is also a pretty common situation. We've had clients who never had a relationship and then created one. We've had clients who um, only had casual relationships for eight years straight and then create an exclusive one finally. So whatever your situation is, sometimes people think that they're really abnormal or different or beyond whatever this is, um, but we can help you. Yeah. And I want to touch on this before we wrap up, because I've listened to your podcast episode on this, but for those who haven't heard it, you said, and they created one. 
why did you phrase it that way versus found one or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, because I really believe that dating is just, it's a landscape and you get to choose which path you're taking with the little decisions that you make. So I call it relationship peak, right? So we're wanting to hike up the mountain to get to that extraordinary relationship. But there are also other paths that nothing's wrong with them. It just might not be the destination that you want to go to. So there's also casual way, which is a circle around the mountain. But you're like, why am I back here again? I feel like I already passed that tree. Like, (laughs) And nothing's wrong with it, but it's just maybe not your ultimate destination. And so what I mean by created it is you uh, grew as a person and you learned new information to be able to make it up that mountain to that specific kind of relationship that you're looking for. Awesome. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us to share your wisdom with all the ladies listening. Thank you so much for having me. This was a very fun conversation. (laughs) Yes, it was. Wasn't that great? Okay, what was your biggest takeaway? If there is something in there that most stood out to you, I would love to hear from you. You can hop over to Instagram at myintimacytherapist and shoot me a DM, or you can message Amber directly and let her know. Definitely get into her coaching program if you're wanting that that group support and wanting to get one-on-one coaching with her as well. Um, Some of you already know that I do dating coaching for women who have come out of purity culture and are really struggling with what to do with that part specifically, Um, exploring who they are as a sensual person, a sexual person, while also balancing their values around sexuality and faith. And I told you at the beginning of the episode, I had a little something, something to tease for you. There are going to be dating events this year (laughs) yes and i want you to come alongside me in this journey as it unfolds and grows and becomes a thing but the first part of moving towards that is you if you are interested in a dating event that is different that helps you to learn more about dating so it's a combination of coaching plus meeting quality people then go to the show notes Click on the link under dating events, it should say something like that, and let me get your email address so that I can keep you in the loop and send you the application once it's ready. I am so excited about this. I really think that um, singles are just having a hard time out there. It's, It's almost like everyone's just so disillusioned and so many people are just dating the same type of person over and over again and it's not that they want to be in that cycle but it just feels like man is this all that there is is this what it is i don't think it has to be that way and i'm trying to do something different so join along the movement all of this is in the show notes and i hope that together whether you're working with amber or me or attending a dating event we can create a life for you where you feel fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. Thanks so much, guys. We will talk soon.